Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. There's no doubt that the coronavirus pandemic has turned our world upside down. Some people are thrown for a loop and wonder why. For some help to get through this pandemic, here's First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan with the sermon, There Is a Season. Hello, I'm Chris Pan. I'm the Executive Director of the Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We've spent the last few weeks in our sermons engaging the topic of racial justice and a response as followers of Jesus. If you've missed any of those sermons, you can find them on our website. But today and for the next few weeks, we're going to be shifting our focus to talk about what we think this next season will bring for First Prez. Our sermon title today is, For Everything There Is a Season. We're going to look at a familiar passage in Ecclesiastes 3 and see what hope and encouragement it can give us today. You know, very early on in March, when we first shut down because of the COVID pandemic, I had a conversation with Freddie Noah, a wonderful member of our church. And Freddie said something that really struck me then and stays with me now. As we were talking about the lockdown, Freddie said that there were going to be two types of people who emerged from the lockdown. Two types of people. There would be those who got more healthy during this period of time and those who got less healthy. There'd be those people who, during the lockdown, took the time and the energy to really invest in getting healthy and being healthy, getting physically healthy, spiritually healthy, mentally and relationally healthy, people who would take the time to reach out to others, to stay connected with people, those people who would look back and say, you know, that time, it was hard, but it wasn't wasted. I've emerged from this season healthier and better off than I was before. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks NBA team, said something similar to this. He said that after the pandemic, every job interviewer will ask job applicants this question. What did you learn during the pandemic of 2020? What skills did you add during the pandemic? You know, that's a similar idea to what Freddie was talking about. And I like this idea for two reasons. One, it reminds us that there will be a time after the pandemic. We are not going to be in this season forever. There will be a time when we refer to this season in the past tense. And two, it reminds us that this season that we're in, as crazy as it is, isn't wasted time. That God can and will use this season if we are willing to surrender to him. Not just to grow our job skills, but more importantly, to grow our souls. You know, that's one group of people who will emerge from this season, and I want to be in that group. I hope you and I and all of us are in that category. And let's explore how today. I'm going to give you some real practical options and tips later. On the flip side, there will be those people who emerge from this season and this lockdown, this pandemic, who will be worse off, less healthy. Pastor Dan made note of this months ago when he preached in wonder if we were all watching a little too much Netflix. And it was funny to see in the chat box that day all the people who confessed, guilty, I'm guilty of that. I must confess that I have done a very thorough job these last few months making sure that my kids are well-schooled in the classics of American cinema, like Goonies and E.T., Ghostbusters, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and all 12 hours of the extended Lord of the Rings trilogy. 
There was an article in Forbes back in April with the headline, Americans are excessively eating, drinking, smoking pot, playing video games, and watching porn while quarantined. One wise guy on Twitter in response to that headline wrote, I mean, define excessive. I think that is a hilarious comment, which serves to highlight not everyone is getting healthier during this season we're in. And let's be honest, this season is difficult. It has been difficult, and it will continue to be difficult. Someone described these last few months as similar to running a marathon. And as you cross the finish line after running 26.2 miles, you're told, actually, you know what? You're not actually in a marathon. You're in a triathlon. So here's your bike. Go ride 112 miles. And when you finish that, someone says that, now you've got to swim 2.4 miles. I know the real triathletes out there are correcting me right now, saying, well, actually, it's the swim first, and then the bike, and then the run. I get it. You're healthier than me, than I am. But whatever the order, 2020 has been exhausting. And we're only halfway through. This pandemic, the protests, economic recession, and it's an election year. What else is going to happen in 2020? Whatever happens, I know that God is still God. Even now, especially now, God is in control. This is a season, and God is in control of the seasons. God has made everything suitable in its time. I hope that you are healthier today than you were in March. And even if you are not, maybe especially if you are not, let's focus today on surrendering to the season that we're in, surrendering to God, so that a few months from today, we can look back and say we are healthier, growing, flourishing peacemakers in a world that needs peace. Ecclesiastes 3, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Let's explore that today. As we go through our sermon today, ask yourself these two questions. What is God saying to me? And what does he want me to do about it? What is God saying to me? And what does he want me to do about it? Will you join me now in prayer? God, speak to us now. We invite your Holy Spirit to give us your wisdom and your peace. Restore our souls. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's children say, amen. Our scripture reading for today is from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. Man, if there wasn't a clearer verse for our time than verse 5, there is a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. That's the social distancing theme verse right there. This is a beautiful and oft-quoted poem from the wisdom literature book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a book that encourages us to live our lives and to see our life's meaning and purpose from God's perspective. The poem is seven couplets of four phrases each, 28 repetitions of the word time. It begins with the most individual and personal there is a time to be born and a time to die. And it ends with the big societal concerns. There is a time for war and a time for peace. And in between, the poem covers the whole scope of human life and experience. If you're wondering how to interpret this poem, the author of Ecclesiastes has made it very easy. He's explained it in the very next verses. Verse 11, God has made everything suitable for its time.
Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. God has made everything suitable for its time. Everything. And though we have a sense of eternity in our minds, we struggle to comprehend it. It's beyond us and our understanding. But the time and the seasons, they aren't beyond God. God has ordered it all and appointed it all. In verse 14, it says this, I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. There is a season for everything. And God has made everything suitable for its time so that ultimately we stand in awe before God and what he has done. God isn't surprised by this season that we're in. Even though we might not understand the seasons, even though we certainly can't control the seasons, God orders the world in seasons. And so here's point number one today. There are seasons. This might seem very obvious, but I think we really need to grasp this idea because I think we're disconnected from the idea of seasons, particularly in our modern world. Particularly for me in Hawaii, you know, I grew up in Connecticut, so I always have no idea what time of year it is here in Hawaii. There's a plumeria tree in our backyard, and when the flowers are in bloom, I'm always confused. I always have to pause and think, is it March? Is it November? Is it spring? Is it winter? I don't have a good sense of the passage of time in Hawaii, of the ordering of the world in seasons. On the mainland, uh, in Connecticut, there are much better and clearer reminders of seasons. It's not complicated. Where I grew up, uh, you know, the fall leaves change color every year in the fall. And the trees are on fire with the most amazing, vibrant colors. It's a very easy signal that summer is over, it's now fall, and winter is coming. Looking at the fall leaves reminds me that I'm in a different season. And when I was a kid, I remember scoffing at my aunts and uncles from New York City because they would drive up to Connecticut to look at the leaves. I remember thinking, you're driving all the way here to look at leaves? And now when I was searching for these pictures yesterday, for these videos, I was thinking, wow, look how beautiful those leaves are. There is a season for everything. And clearly now I'm in the season of being a middle-aged man who looks at leaves. But really, our disconnection from the idea of seasons is actually a symptom of something bigger and deeper than just the lack of seeing fall leaves. I think we're disconnected from the concept of seasons because we live in a post-industrial modern world where we think we can impose our will on the world around us all the time. It gives us the false belief that we are in control. Pastor Pete Scazzaro points out that we don't live in the world of nature and farming metaphors that we find in the Bible, a world in which you planted a seed and then had to wait to see what miracle would happen. We live in a world created after the Industrial Revolution, so all our metaphors today relate to manufacturing and production and factories and stores that are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so now, today, we don't grow a life or wait patiently 
for the harvest. No, we say things like, we make a living, we make friends, we make time, we make money, we invest in people, we save time. We talk about people as human resources, human capital. We talk about ideas as intellectual capital. We view the world like it's a machine that we can control, that we can engineer, that we can impose our will on, and that will always yield relentless forward progress. The idea itself of 24-7 accessibility highlights our disconnection to the seasons, to the idea that there is a time for things to be open and a time for things to be closed. In our modern world, everything is open all the time. At least, it used to be. Until we're reminded during these last few months how little control we really have. My 13-year-old had to cut my hair because my barber was closed for months. And even then, Amazon doesn't close, the internet doesn't turn off, Netflix doesn't switch to static at midnight. Grasping the idea of seasons reminds us that there are things outside our control, that God designed us for six days of work and one day of rest for Sabbath, that there's a proper time for things, and I can't impose my will on the season to be anything different than it is. I can't control the seasons. As much as I want to change them, I can't. As a kid, I couldn't make summer last longer. I couldn't make it snow when I wanted, and I still can't. God controls the seasons, not me. Verse 11 again, God has made everything suitable for its time. You can wear your ski gear to the beach as much as you want. It's not going to make it snow. And so it is now. We are in a season that we all wish was different, that we all wish was over, but we can't control the seasons. We have to surrender with open hands to the seasons and to God. We have to acknowledge that we're not in control, that we never were. God has made everything suitable for its time. We have to surrender to this season and surrender to God. Point number two, there are good seasons and there are bad seasons, but God has made everything suitable for its time. Maybe you have a favorite TV show like Lost or Game of Thrones, and so you know this truth. There are good seasons and there are bad seasons. And we wish there were all good seasons. We wish this verse in Ecclesiastes was, for everything good there is a season, and a time for every good matter under heaven. A time to be born, to plant, to heal, to build up, to laugh, to dance, to gather stones, to embrace, to seek, to keep, to mend, to speak, to love, and a time for peace. That's a much cheerier passage. Let's forget all that business about weeping and mourning and killing and war and tearing and losing and casting stones. I don't even know what that means. Forgetting all the bad stuff makes a great greeting card, but it's bad theology and it's not reality. We want only the good times, but the reality is there are good times and there are bad times. And the biblical truth is God has made everything suitable for its time. We want it to be always, 24-7, a time to embrace. And right now, it's actually a time to refrain from embracing. So we might react in anger or confusion and say, but I want it to be a time to embrace. Why can't we impose our will on this world and just have the good seasons, the good times? But I think we need to deepen our theology and deepen our faith and trust that God has made everything suitable 
for its time, even the rough times. The entire concept of fasting is that there is a time, there is a season to refrain, a season of lack, a season of absence. Can I say this? I miss meeting together in person as a church. I miss seeing your faces. I miss hearing children laughing in these halls. I miss sitting around those tables having lunch. I miss celebrating the sacrament of communion together. I miss it. All of our staff misses being together as a congregation. But we are not unique. You know who else missed meeting together? The Apostle Paul. In multiple letters throughout the Bible, he writes and expresses his longing to meet with other Christians. In 2 Timothy 1.4, Paul writes to Timothy, his friend, I, lo- I long, I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. In Romans 1.11, Paul writes, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may, mutually, may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. In Philippians, Paul writes, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Paul writes something similar to the Thessalonian church and to the Corinthian church. In multiple letters, Paul writes about his longing to be in person with the church. Paul understood that it couldn't always be a good season. It couldn't always be a time to embrace. He couldn't always be with the people he wanted to be with or do what he wanted when he wanted. Sometimes it would be a hard season, a season apart, a season to refrain from embracing, a season of lack, a season of longing to be together. And even though we are in that season now, remember and be encouraged, God has made everything suitable for its time. Just like fasting, the absence of something, the lack of something we want, turns our focus more clearly to God. It reminds us of, reminds us of our need for each other, our need for God, and our need to surrender ourselves to God. Point number three. The wise person knows what season it is. We've discussed that there are seasons that God has established, and we've discussed that there are good seasons and tough seasons that God works through. Let's come back to verse 4 to illustrate this next point. There is a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn, and there's a time to dance. Have you ever seen pictures of people taking selfies at a funeral? There's a whole meme of people taking selfies at funerals. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn and a time to dance. And there is a difference between those seasons. And a wise person knows the difference. When it's a time to weep and you're the one laughing, you're the only one laughing, maybe you're not a wise person. When it's a time to mourn and you're the one dancing, maybe you've got the season wrong. A wise person is someone who knows not just that there are seasons, and not just that there are good and bad seasons. A wise person knows what season it is. In the Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles, it describes certain warriors who fought with King David. 
and describes them this way. It says that they were those who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. They had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Are we people who have an understanding of the times to know what we ought to do? Do we know what season it is? Proverbs 10.5 says, Know the importance of the season you're in, and a wise child you will be. Is it a time to mourn, or is it a time to dance? Is it a time to break down, or is it a time to build up? Is it a time to keep, or is it a time to throw away? What season is it now for you? What season is it now for us as a church and as a community? Only the Holy Spirit can answer that question for you and for us. I'll let you know my opinion for what it's worth. I think this is a season to get healthy, to grow, a season to lean into dedicating ourselves to spiritual disciplines like Bible reading and prayer, to getting some exercise and serving others, a season to focus on our mental health. Can I give you some real practical suggestions? There's a whole page of resources on our church website titled Spiritual Resources During Quarantine. Lists of websites and videos and podcasts and books. Please check it out after the service. Also, in a few weeks, Hawaiian Islands Ministries will be hosting a free mental health conference July 23rd through the 25th. Free. Thank you, Pastor Dan and Pam. There will be four sessions over those three days, including a session titled Mental Health During and After a Pandemic, and a session Learning a New Normal. Please check it out. As for the church, we think that this is a season now for small groups. And for a variety of reasons, we have been very deliberate about holding off meeting in large groups. But the church doesn't only happen on Sunday mornings in large groups. Last year, when we kicked off our Raise the Sales Generosity Initiative, we said that our primary goal was 100% engagement. Engagement, we hoped people would get into small groups because we believe that small groups were the key to deepening our faith and our relationships with each other and with God. We meant it then, and we still mean it now. In the coming weeks, Pastor Dan and Pastor Steve will be speaking about this season of focusing on community and how much we'd love for you to get connected and stay connected with other people in our church to get connected with God in this way. In a few weeks, we'll be running new sessions of Alpha and Rooted, both in person and through Zoom. And we're also looking to form new small groups. We believe in this so much that almost every member of our staff will be helping to lead or facilitate one of these small groups, alpha groups, or rooted groups. We think it is a season to get together and to grow together in small groups. If you're looking for connection, we hope you join us. More information is on our website, and signups are open right now. Check it out after the service or call the church if you don't have access to the website. These are real and practical ways to get connected during this season. Point number four. Seasons end, but whatever God does endures forever. Can I encourage you with our final point today? This season we're in will not last forever. This season will end. World War II ended. The Vietnam War ended. Polio ended. That period of time where everyone wore their hair real big in the 80s ended. This season will also end. 
can we seize the time that we have to grow something new in ourselves, in our families, during this season? Can we remember that our time, our seasons change and fade and end, but the work of God will last forever? Can we come back to verse 14? I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. In all the flux and change, can we hold on to the truth that whatever God does endures forever? So can we join God in his work in our lives and in our world to grow something new while we have this time? Can I give you another practical suggestion during this season we are in? Get involved in service to others. Nurture the spiritual discipline of service. Two more practical things you can do. As we talk about seasons today, it is hurricane season soon. Our church has organized a hurricane response team that is working to help our houseless friends and neighbors who live on the beach in Waimanalo. We've bought emergency supply kits that evacuees can take with them to the Red Cross hurricane shelters. But because their belongings aren't allowed at the shelter, many of our houseless friends choose not to go out of fear of leaving their belongings behind. So we're looking for volunteers who are willing to help our friends pack and transport their belongings to a secure location the day before the arrival of a hurricane. Ensuring that their belongings will be secure allows our friends to evacuate the beach and ride out a hurricane safely at a Red Cross shelter. We have all the supplies. We're just looking for some volunteers. Another option to serve is to volunteer at the pantry. It is a food distribution arm of the nonprofit called Feeding Hawaii Together. It is currently providing food and groceries to families and individuals in need. A number of great, dedicated volunteers from this church and other churches have been serving weekly, helping to distribute food to hundreds of families in need. I got a chance to head down with my kids last week, and it was incredibly satisfying. We distributed food to 219 families in two hours. There's a variety of volunteer tasks there, including administrative stuff, and everyone wears masks. It is good to serve others, not just for them, but for those of us serving too. For more, uh, more information on either of these opportunities to serve, please check out our website. God has made everything suitable for its time. And we hold to the truth that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. In closing, I wanted to read these verses from the Old Testament book of Daniel, chapter 2. Daniel was a person, a young man who lived in hard and difficult times. He was taken into captivity in Babylon to serve a foreign king. He was thrown into a lion's den to be devoured, but God saved him. Hear the words of Daniel today. Hear the good news of the gospel. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. Amen?
Amen. Please join me in prayer. If you are someone who has never surrendered their life to this God we've been talking about today, but you want to now, please join me now in this short prayer. God, I'm sorry for my unrighteousness. Thank you that you have provided a Savior, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again for me. Please be my God and my Savior now and forevermore. I surrender to you. If you've just prayed that prayer, please click on the button in the chat panel. We'd love to connect with you. But for all of us now, we pray, God, praise be your name forever and ever. Wisdom and power are yours. You change the times and the seasons. May you grant us the wisdom to know what season we're in and the grace to live faithfully during this time. May we surrender to you. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, all God's children say, amen. Lots of resources available on our website. And please stick around for a digital connect group if you'd like. But now receive this blessing. May the love of God our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Have a great week. This COVID season shall pass. While we're battling through it, let's take the time to get closer to God, take refuge in Him, and watch the Lord redeem the season. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Normally, we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at The Vine in Kaka'ako. But for now, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church website, fpchawaii.org. For our virtual church service, click on the online church box at our regular church service times, Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, daily devotionals, and details on our reopening. If you have any questions or need anything at all, you can reach the church through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thanks for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the media ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.